After his time as a spy, Thomas Bichon found himself haunted by regret and guilt for how his actions in Acadia led to what we know as the expulsion of the Acadians and the diaspora that resulted from it. Once a man fueled by the thought of riches, Pichon soon found himself painfully distraught while approaching the end of his wasted life. Welcome to the third and final episode of Chronicles of a Spy in Acadia, the podcast where we examine the history of Acadia through the eyes of a treacherous 18th century spy. For our last time together, we look at the Acadian legacy, diaspora, and the final experiences of our guest who joins us one last time, Thomas Pichon. Thank you for joining us for the finale, Pichon. It has been quite interesting to get to know you and your experiences so personally. Merci. The pleasure is mine. In this, our final time together, we were wanting to discuss the Acadian expulsion as well as the final days of your own life. What could you share with us about the horrible displacement and the vast Acadian diaspora? Where should I begin? Not many know of the Acadian expulsion or that of Acadian history, but during my time in the area, the end of Acadia was harsh. The expulsion of the Acadians was devastating for the people themselves and for their history. Devastating is an understatement. During the Acadian expulsion, more than 7,000 men, women, and children were rounded up by New England officers to be separated and deported to other British colonies. We, oui, it was quite the gruesome and violent sight. The families that were split up had to also try to survive the trip to their new unknown destination, somewhere in the British colonies. Those who survived the travel across the sea likely never saw their families ever again, never knowing what became of their loved ones or if they even lived. Today, many people forget the history of the Acadians, as well as the expulsion that they experienced. One of the only items of remembrance for the experience of the Acadians comes from the epic poem, Evangeline. Have you ever heard of it, Marcia Pichon? No, Monsieur. It was after my time. It was a significant work by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, and it was a fantastic piece that truly allowed the Acadian voice to be heard, as much of the documentation around the Acadian diaspora came from British voices. It focused on the tale of Evangeline, a young woman who had lost her lover, Gabriel, during the Acadian expulsion. She spends her life looking for him without prevailing until one fateful day, when just as she finds him again, he dies in her arms. Though it is written about two people, the underlying message explains that Evangeline is the Acadians and Gabriel is Acadia. Two partners forever torn apart as the Acadians loved their home as they would have loved their family or a lover. The poem also speaks to the loss the Acadians felt being torn from their families, always searching for their lost kin, never to be found again. Many Acadian descendants reside in what is Louisiana today and hold the story of Evangeline near and dear to them. The Acadians, despite being torn from their homes and their homeland, did leave an outlasting legacy on the land of Nova Scotia. Oui, after being there for so long, the Acadians left their footprint behind in the form of farmland. The area had been so well cared for and cultivated that without them, the residing Englishmen would have been helpless. Do you feel any shame about your involvement with the Acadian expulsion? After all, you worked for the British against the French and essentially helped to line up such an awful event. In the moment, no. I felt no shame. It was my peak. I was doing exactly what I wanted for myself. But as I got older, I realized how horrific I had been. So, after the expulsion, what became of yourself, Mr. Pichon? <clears throat> 
After all was said and done with the Acadians, I retired to London, England with my mistress, and led a life of excitement. It was after this time, however, that I realized what my life had become and the wasted potential I had. Uh, wasted potential? Would you care to elaborate on that? After my years of being a spy, only doing so to live such a life of riches and fortune, I found myself embarrassed about just how self-serving I had been throughout my life. Uh, looking out for your own best interest isn't always a bad thing. Why did you feel so poorly about your earlier life? Well, as I reached an older age, I realized just how sinful I had been. I had only thought of myself, the way I presented myself, the ways I could become successful. In my old age, I was disgusting. I became repulsed by my age, repulsed by my actions, my self-centered attitudes. Why would you only just experience those feelings as you were reaching the end of your life? Old age, mon chéri, it's horrible. The sprightlessness of my senses were worn by time, maybe by debauchery, and as they say, for having lived too much. My infirmities were constantly increasing, and my days and nights were spent in unbearable torment. My legs, once my adornment and the object of admiration at balls and gatherings, were stretched swollen and immobile, on a chair or a footstool. My cheeks, once glowing and plump, were parched and shriveled with wrinkles. My lips were covered with tense and livid skin. I had lost not only the power to enjoy pleasure, but the desire of enjoyment itself. So you could no longer enjoy life because you were old? I could no longer enjoy my life because I was dying. A shell of what I had once been. And to top it off, my once bright mind had turned against me. Being fearful of death, I had always rejected the idea of religion, even as a young man. But the fear of death I had had been turning towards God. Why do you think you made such a sudden change of heart about religion? I was desperate. I had contemplated suicide, hating what the end of my life had become, hating how I spent my earlier years. But in the end, I begged God to take pity on me, for I had been a terrible person. I had sold out those close to me for my own gain, meddled in affairs that were not my own. I was to blame for much of the actions of others, as I was their informer. It really is incredible to see just how you changed, Monsieur Pichon. From a self-serving, self-described lady killer who thought he ruled the world, to a fragile, old, God-fearing man. I had done terrible things, mon ami. All I had left was time to reflect on myself, and I realized the wrongs I had done, hoping that God would forgive me. Even now I hope that the world can forgive me for what I've done. Despite the awful things that you had done, Pichon, without these things, we would not have such an intense focus around you or the Acadian people. Without you, events between the British, French, Acadians, and indigenous people would have been completely different. This is not to claim that those things are approved by us, but without them, the history of the Acadians and the colonial world would not be the same. I apologize, as I did before God, for the things that I have done. We thank you, Monsieur Pichon, for your truth, as well as your versions of the truth, throughout the podcast. Hearing your accounts has enlightened us to even more of Acadian and colonial history than we ever thought possible. It has been wonderful to speak with you. And I you.
I thank both of you, as well as your listeners, for their interest and care about the important events of Acadia and its people. And so, this concludes our podcast, Chronicles of a Spy in Acadia, where we looked into the importance of Le Loutre, the fall of Fort Beausejour, the history of Beaubassin, and the wild tales of Thomas Pichon. We hope that our listeners have enjoyed our time here together and grown to love the history of Acadia and its inhabitants. From all of us who gladly created this podcast, we thank you. This podcast has been brought to you by the fourth year history students of Brock University's Humanities Program. For more information, please visit the class website, Brock History 4P11, which was taught by Professor Daniel Sampson, entitled State and Society in Colonial Canada, Obisong on the Edge of Empires by clicking the link in our description. Chronicles of a Spy in Acadia is hosted by Michaela Vanderbent and Yannick Gagnon. The voice of Thomas Bichon is completed by Dexter Bolin, with opening narration done by Aaron Hall. The writing of the episode was done by Aaron Hall, with additional research being done by Connor Brown and Michael D'Angelo. The music in this episode is also remixed by Michaela Vanderbent from Looperman.com.